Well, feel free to have a seat. We move into our teaching time. And we're in a little uh, bit of a series here. I'm just doing three weeks. Uh, last week was uh, um, Let's um, Go, and this week is Let's Stay, and next week will be Let's Leave. Super creative. Uh, anyway, um, so today is Let's Stay, and it's appropriate on Father's Day. I just think this totally fits in. Um, so blessings, by the way, on all you fathers, present, past, and future, and uh, may this day bring you some joy, and may you take the opportunity to reflect on what's important, and may you resist judging yourself, So, which will be important as we dive into this talk here a little bit. So I can't think of a better day to teach on stability than the Father's Day. Um, to be a parent, speaking of stability and staying, to be a parent is to be bound to your children, Yes? It's to be bound. It is an intertwining of souls and loves. It is uh, an obligation and at the same moment, a deepest joy. And to be a father is a privilege and a binding. Life itself, for everyone, is an intertwining of freedoms and responsibilities, is it not? And privilege and binding is a part of living and part of the human experience. So, I have a penchant uh, for certain classic country music stars, particularly the more troubadour, prophetic type, as I call them, like Hank Williams, Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard. I like the old country songs because they read like Old Testament prophets. Uh, so I just, or I do that to them. It sounds like, sometimes it sounds like Hosea or Micah, uh, maybe not so much Jonah, even though he's right in there, uh, even though he doesn't have anything that sounds like that, but this winter, I got stuck on Merle Haggard's uh, Working Man Blues, and just a long journey on that really came from the Grateful Dead the, when they came up with the Working Man's Dead, and, uh, but it was taken off the song Working Man's Blues, was the chicken-picking song, and it has a, a verse like this, Merle's got a verse like this, and it says this, sometimes I think about leaving and do a little bumming around, I want to throw my bills out the window and catch a train to another town, but I go back working, I got to buy my kids a brand new pair of shoes. I drink a little beer at the tavern and cry a little bit of these working man blues. Anybody else going to pick up the next verse here? So, uh, huh? Now I'm saying I about could uh, if I had a cowboy hat. So, um, <laughs> I don't look like no Merle. So, but Merle's a prophet. You know, it doesn't get any better than three chords in the truth right here. Sometimes you feel like leaving, but you got to buy your kids a pair of shoes. And that's what keeps the working man grounded. Is right there. And it's blues. There's your whole binding as well as the joy. It's all right there. You go back to working because you got to get your kid a new pair of shoes. Freedom and responsibility, privilege and binding, three chords of the truth. That's pure, pure country right there. The old fashioned stuff. That's Merle. We, we church folk, we need some Merle. We need some stick to itness, and it's called stability. We got a fancy term for it. A while back, I ran across some very ancient wisdom from St. Benedict from the 7th century, uh, A.D., that is. And I, I don't know what your image of a monk is, uh, but I've been around quite a few over my years. And my original image of a monk is quite frumpy, really. Nonetheless, 1,300 years ago, despite our image of monks being rather frumpy and not doing much, they were actually church hoppers 1,300 years ago. I mean... Church hopping, church shopping, they didn't stick around long anywhere. 
um, disguised as spiritual questing, as they called it, uh, when a monk found his monastery just wasn't holy enough, or just didn't chant just right, or was too harsh, or was too soft, or too worldly, or too strict, he left and he went looking for a new monastery, a new abbot, and new brothers, or sisters, and, and they were after perfection. They wanted to find the perfect monastery, the perfect church, you know. Benedict, Benedict put a stop to it all. In addition to the three councils, this is all in his little book right here, the rule of St. Benedict, 7th century. In, in addition to uh, the three councils of poverty, chastity, and obedience, Benedict added a fourth one, stability. Stability. Poverty, chastity, obedience, and stability. I ran across the original Desert Father, St. Anthony, Anthony the Great, and he gave monks the same piece of advice. Actually, Benedict got it from Anthony. Whatever place you live, do not easily leave it. Whatever place you live, do not easily leave it. Why stay? Because staying is where the most powerful growth happens in, in our lives. Staying in the same place will grow you better than trying to find the coolest, hippest thing going on. I've taken Anthony's wisdom to heart. Whatever place you live, do not easily leave it. The monks knew the power of sticking around, at least those that were paying attention. Maturity happens when you stick around. My kids make fun of me. They're college age now, but my kids make fun of me because I tell them, you guys, you got to find your grit. You know, grit, there's a whole book on raising children, you know, and how to do it right. And it's all about helping your kids find grit. So they make fun of me because I use grit all the time. And uh, I said, grit, grit is what makes you stick it out. So you get up, you go to work, you go to class, you go to practice, you mow the lawn, you paint the house, you take out the trash, you, you do it. And that shapes you into grit. You get a college degree, you get grit. You go to the military, you, you say, I did it. You get grit. You stick it out, even when you don't want to. That's what makes you good. It makes you strong if it doesn't kill you. That's this whole stain and stability thing. Now, whatever place you live, don't easily leave it. Now, the, the classic disobedient lever, as in leaving, the lever in the Bible is Jonah. Yes. The word of Jonah, this is Jonah chapter right there at the beginning. The word of Jonah, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me, says the Lord. But Jonah, what? Ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Jonah chapter 1 verses 1 through 3. Jonah flees from the presence of the Lord. Jonah flees from God's command. Not only does Jonah disobey God, he grabs an alternative plan, a, a, a fanciful plan. He goes to the coastal city of Joppa. He visits the local travel agent. He gets a one-way ticket to paradise, daddy money, and Tarshish, that exotic Shangri-La near Spain, at the end of the known world. 
all the way out there where actually nobody had ever been hardly. And that's the way it goes, right? It's always the grass is greener in some grass you've never been to. And that's where he's going to go. Flee as far from God as you can. But Jonah finds out while he's on the ship that his new pagan shipmates, the the fellowship and the boat, are far more truth-telling, have far more integrity and honor for Jonah's God. They don't even believe in Jonah's God, but they believe in Jonah's God. More than Jonah fears his own God. And so they toss him over. (laughs) These pagan sailors are better God-fearers than Jonah, more obedient than Jonah. Jonah's forced to behave better in his disobedience than when when he'll later obey God and go to Nineveh and preach the message of God against him. He was a better person. He's a lever. He's not a grit person. He's not a stay person. Now, let's admit it. We all have a little Jonah in us, don't we? Mm-hmm. We throw our God bills out the window and want to do a little bumming around. We would like to think we know better than dumb old church and find some real spiritual giants out there in Shangri-La, Tarshish, somewhere else. And do a better job of loving some new people rather than the people we've already been thrown together in this village. Do charity better somewhere else probably. Give to things that are really important, not the stuff that all of us agreed on. We have a heart rather than for our brothers and sisters' passions. We have our own heart. We can do it better. Admit it or not, human nature is flee from God. We all have a little Jonah in us. Now, my story is not meant to make you feel guilty, even though it might a little bit, as much as my teaching is really my own story. I am Jonah. See, a few years ago, I burned out on ministry. I'd done it. I'd started a great church from nothing. Notice the I word here. I was a solo pastor needed by everyone. I was special. I was busy. Oh, I was a martyr. Oh, yes. Just bleeding out. The victim of being so wonderfully helpful and available. But the wife knew better, and the kids knew better, and my good friends knew better, and my staff knew better, and I was cynical, bitter, angry, unlikable to strangers. I wasn't smoking what I was selling. And finally, God threw me overboard. I found myself in the belly of the fish with no one to talk to but God alone, and that's when my salvation began. Ladies and gentlemen, the pursuit of wonderful can destroy you. Whatever place you live, do not easily leave it. So I'm still here. I'm still standing. The rule of stability turns us from escapists to people of good intentions into genuine souls. Of course, I feel like a voice crying in the wilderness because when you're not here at church, the other 167 hours of the week, we are deluged with consumerism that tells you, you deserve a break today, run to Tarshish or Target. We bring our consumer expectations into church. I want one hymn, Anglican, not Methodist, forget Southern Baptist hymns, three contemporary, one by Chris Tomlin. I need soft rock, alternative, new country, not Western, guitars, acoustic, some electric, but no horns, live, not tracked, communion, not Lord's Supper, but not like a Eucharist, sort of consubstantiation, certainly not transubstantiation, absolutely real presence with a twist of remembrance on the side. 
served up with a chalice, forget that shot glass, wine, not juice, a Merlot or a cab, never a shabbly. Intinction, no germy shared cup. Baptism, infant, but not toddlers. Dipped, not sprinkled, soft, served soft, bouncy, right over home plate. Keep it to an hour because I got to beat the Baptist to Culver's. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm out of here. I'm off to Tarshish. Stability makes us the genuine article, folks. I'll never forget my good friend Kip Unruh back in the college day. Kip Unruh, by the way, we only know that name because his son started an awesome furniture company in town with a reclaimed furniture. Super expensive desks. Kip, we lived together for several years in college, and he told me one time about his dad doing the dad thing. It was stuck in his brain, and it's been stuck in my brain ever since because of the picture, and so I warn you. Kip's father was a star quarterback in college. He had an identical twin brother who was a star receiver back in the 50s. He got married, and they had six awesome kids, one of these perfect Swedish-looking families. Kip said somebody told his dad in the house that the toilet was clogged, naturally, six kids, And he said his dad just went into the bathroom and jammed his hand down into the toilet and pulled out the clog. Never said a word, just doing the dad thing. Years later, I was plungering my own toilet that the neighbor kid had just plugged up and flowed over. And it shot up in my face. And I just started chuckling, sort of, thinking about Kip's dad and all coming full circle with the plunger in my hand. Whatever place you live... Do not easily leave it. If you don't stay at Lakeland, whose toilet are you going to plunge her? There's no perfect church. Anybody who tells you otherwise is selling something. And there's no perfect you. Anyone who thinks differently is a Pharisee. In the church, there's just us Jonas on a ship of fools. A village bound together. If you want to leave, you got to gnaw your arm off. If you don't want to listen to me, then would you please listen to Jonah's story and learn the lesson of that? It's a story in the negative, right? The lesson's in the negative. And if you don't like Jonah, then how about Anthony? How about Benedict? How about Merle? You want to grow deep spiritual roots? Then stay and live by the vow of stability. That's what turns us into strong people we're going to do communion in a moment so hold on to servers uh, and I'll call you up here in a sec I uh, wrote a blessing for dad's day here and uh, it goes like this you don't need to put it up screen people it's okay not yet it says uh, the presence of my children is like the sun's rising and setting may God provide for you and your from the provide for you and your family from the bounty of the earth May you lead with the strength of the shepherd and protect with the determination of a warrior. Let others know the Lord is present with everything you put your hand to. May you bless your children and kin with the fire's heat of belonging. And as a mighty oak tree, may you drink from the stream of living waters which the Lord has provided for you. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen.